The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information or other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5. I know that when I said Ecclesiastes, oh, praise God, Pastor Richie is going to be preaching out of Ecclesiastes. Some of you are just like, whoa, man, I'm going to have to sit up and really pay attention today because he's preaching out of my favorite book in the Bible. You know, one of the things I recognize is that every time I preach the Word of God, how diverse the people are that I'm preaching to. That we're all kind of in a journey in different places in our life. We're all dealing with some different stuff. I'm, today I'm preaching to people that have known God for a long time. And, and some of you, to be honest with you, you, you don't even really know Christ yet. You've not really surrendered your life to Christ. And even people who know God, they're at different levels of their revelation. They've had different theological understandings. They come from different theological backgrounds. They're facing different problems than anyone else that is around you. We're all unique today. We're all on our own journey. And while we have some things that are similar that we deal with, each one of us are dealing with unique issues, have different unique understandings about God. So that's one of the reasons why the priority of our message is the largest focus of what we do every time we preach is that we are trying to preach on root issues. Root issues of who God is and who you are in Christ Jesus. Because see, sometimes we're so focused on the fruit, the things that are going on on the outside, and we keep thinking if we'll fix the fruit, then the root's going to take care of itself, but we've actually got it backwards. It's a root issue, that if we begin to know just how good God is. I don't know about you, but sometimes that revelation kind of gets stolen from me. I'm like you, when I deal with some issues in my life and some problems in my life, that revelation momentarily gets stolen from me. And I start thinking fear thoughts, anxious thoughts, worry thoughts, and I keep thinking, God, what's really going on? And then I begin to remember, oh yeah, my God's a good God, so that's what I'm going to say over my life. God, thank you that you're a good God. And everything that I'm going through, you know that I'm going through it, and everything that you're allowing me to go through, God, I'm going to pass the test because I'm going to respond in faith so that I can go to the next dimension with you, so that I can go back to the next next revelation with you. See, we we think a lot of times that Christianity is just about getting in and escaping hell. That's awesome. That really is. That's awesome. I promise you, you do not want to be in hell. It's not going to be a good place, all right? That's awesome, but there's, there's hell on earth that a lot of people live in that God does not want you operating in. So we've got to understand the root issues because we've got to continually grow in our knowledge of who God is. Because I promise you, the devil is trying to steal from you all the time the revelation of the knowledge of who God is. In Isaiah chapter 6, it talks about how the angels are sitting around the throne and they're declaring the goodness of God. And they're going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his goodness. And they're just saying it over and over again. It's not because the record has gotten stuck. Y'all remember the old 33s that used to play and they'd go around and sometimes they'd have a bump in it, your favorite song. We'd go and they'd play, say that one line again, beep, 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 go over and over. It's not because the record has gotten stuck, but what is happening is they're gazing upon the goodness of God and a, the revelation of the goodness of God is growing in their lives. And so they're saying, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We could today say, awesome is the Lord God Almighty. So we continue to peer at him and look at him and understand him. We just have to keep declaring awesome is the Lord God Almighty. 
you got to get the root issue settled that God's a good God. I'll tell you when you know that you're doubting that or walking in an unbelief in that is because you become fearful. You become anxious. You're wondering, God, what's going on? Listen, there's nothing wrong with us having conversations with God. And we, we wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, about what's going on. But if we wander too long, we will begin to wonder, W-A-N-D-E-R. We'll get out of God's plan and purpose for our life. It's not because God kicked us to the curb or God kicked us out. It's just because we have gotten away from operating in the faith life God has for us. So we've got to get the root issue settled. We've got to understand who our God is. We've got to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. Every time you and I walk around in the world in which we live in, we should have our shoulders back and our head held high because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are children of the Most High God. And you may not be seeing everything in your life yet that you want to be seeing in your life, but I'm telling you, you've got to understand that it's on the way. And the devil wants to bring an accusation against God and against you. That's why sometimes when I'm sitting in here and I'm preaching on the goodness of God because you've been challenged, because you've heard an accusation this week, you're going, Pastor Richie, you're crazy, man. You don't, you don't, you're really not in touch with reality, man. You, you, because you're the pastor, I know that you get up in the morning and you just literally float into the restroom. And just go in there and do your stuff in the morning. And then you just float in and you go over there and, and breakfast is just all prepared for you because I'm a pastor. And then I go to work and God parts the, the vehicles on my way down Coulter. And I get to work and the staff just loves me and I'm just free from problems. It's not. It's not that way in any of our lives. There are challenges that we're facing all the time. So we've got to get rooted in it. When I have fear, anxiousness, when I have restlessness, when I'm out of peace, when I'm not operating in joy, I've got to understand, I've gotten away from the root issue of understanding how good God is. Nothing ever surprises God. I know some of you think that when you do something, you think God's like, oh man, didn't see that coming. I promise you, nothing ever surprises God, and yet he loves us with an everlasting love. But once we understand the root issues, and we understand who our God is and who we are in Christ Jesus, we have to start recognizing some of the behaviors that our belief system is producing. See, the, again, it's about the root issue. If, if you have a tree that's beginning to die, it's not the fruit issue, it's a root issue. Something's wrong at the root. You fix the root and the fruit begins to work out in your life. So anytime our behavior is not lining up with the word of God, we don't, because we're under grace, go, hey, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, I can do whatever I want, I'm under grace, I'm under the favor of God, it doesn't matter. It does matter, because anytime we violate the word of God, we're not actually breaking the word of God, we're breaking ourselves, we're breaking our relationships, we're breaking our purpose against the word of God. So we want to get into the word of God, so the word of God gets into us, so that we're not just converts, great starting place, but so that we're disciples of the most high God. Stay in Ecclesiastes, but in Mark 16, Jesus said this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. He goes on to list a, a few things that are pretty amazing. Listen, God always wants to do supernatural things in our life. Let me give you an op another opportunity to hear that. God always wants to do supernatural things in our life. He wants to take his super upon our natural and do incredible things in our life. So, he, so he's listed these things, but he wasn't trying to create 
this exhaustive list that when you look at that, those are the only signs, and these four or five things there, those are the only signs. That if you do those, those are going to follow them that believe. He was trying to help us understand there, there are certain signs that follow believers. He was helping us to recognize the fruit in our lives helps us understand what it is that we're really believing. The moment I'm anxious, the moment I'm fearful, I can recognize I'm not believing and trusting God. That's why we talk about entering into God's rest, because we can recognize that when we aren't resting, when we're anxious, when we're worried, when we're afraid, do you realize today you don't have to be any of those things? Now, you may step into it, but you don't have to stay there. If you think you're supposed to do that, you will continue to do that. You don't have to be anxious. I said, you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be unbelieving because, you see, the moment we begin to do that, we begin to open the door to all these oppressive spirits, all this depression, all this heaviness, and all of this anxiety. And if Christ came, as he said in his word, that we might have life and have life more abundantly, I'm just going to have to believe what the word of God says. And he came that you might have abundant life because, again, it doesn't mean that there's an absence of storms. It means that we are making right choices to believe God in the midst of the storms. So any time that we're dealing with heaviness, depression, and fear, it's a sign to us. It's a fruit in our lives that we are not believing in and trusting God. So I want to look this morning at this verse in the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and again, I'm really not sure exactly what your response is to the book of Ecclesiastes, but I, I typically try to read through the Bible in a year. And every time I'm reading through the Bible in a year, when I see Ecclesiastes is coming up, I begin to dread it. Because if there is anybody who needed some Prozac to deal with the depression that he was dealing with, it's Solomon. You know what I'm talking about when you, when you read it? Especially when his current take on life is everything is meaningless, meaningless. Right? Like any of us really want to hear that. Like any of us need to hear that. But, but Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. It's, it's awesome because he dealt with some of the same things that you and I dealt with. He felt the same things that we feel. And, and he, he's this, the wisest man, and, and he seems to move in and out of these philosophical discussions of life. Do, do you, when you read some Solomon stuff, go, that's either really deep or that's pretty obvious. Why on earth did he say that? And, and he's discussing these things from, from philosophical discussions to practical proverbs of truth. And he connects with, with a lot of things. He connects the role of God in our lives, in our role as we walk through this life. And in these last chapters, in Ecclesiastes 11, he almost has this sense that he's coming to the end of his book, so he kind of starts downloading all of these truths. And he's, he's helping us understand the signs of our life in our life. Because, see, understanding the fruit in our lives is important. I don't, I don't ever want you to think that it's all about the root issue. It's, it is about the fruit issue, but we've got to, first of all, focus on the fruit root issue so that we start being able to deal with the fruit issue. So... The signs of life are important. But see, many times we talk about spirituality and we talk about coming to church and it doesn't really seem to apply to our lives if we're not careful. It's sometimes as if, as if spiritual things are so disconnected with our everyday lives. It seems like there's really no relevance. It's just kind of this compartmentalized thing that I'm basically doing a checklist of, okay, God, I came to church, so now bless the rest of my life. It's really not involved with that, but really bless the rest of my life. But God, I've, I've, I've filled out what it is I'm supposed to be doing. 
It seems so disconnected. And, and it seems like it, it's hard for us sometimes to get the out there, the elusive cosmos of life to the down here, the pr- practical, nitty, gritty, everyday experiences. And in Ecclesiastes, so- Solomon takes us through this spiritual dichotomy of God's involvement and our involvement in this thing called life. There have been a lot of questions lately about God's involvement in the world. In fact, we typically only give him credit when something bad happens. A hurricane happens, it's an act of God. And there's been a lot of questions about all the things that are going on, especially in light of the terrorist attacks and the police shootings. You know, you've probably seen probably more than you actually should on TV. In fact, can I encourage you today? Listen, if you're listening nonstop to negative news, don't be surprised when negative things start popping out of you. If you're listening to negative Nelly all the time, you've got to understand that negative Nelly is putting things into your spirit and eventually those things are going to pop out. So you've got to be careful. I'm not saying don't listen to the news, but I'm saying be careful. And if you've watched the news, you've, you've noticed a lot of these things that are going on. And, and sometimes when we see these kinds of things that are going on all over the world, it's, it's kind of hard for us to wrap our mind around it. What the world is going through, mass murders, of innocent people, police shootings, and the social unrest that this country has as people with political agendas are trying to bring hatred and division into people groups and into authority. And when we see events like this happening, we can stand back and kind of wonder going, wow, how on earth is all this happening? God, are you really involved in our life? And honestly, if we're really honest, though, we can step back and as we we look at our own lives, it's really a reminder to us that no matter how difficult our lives are or we think they are, they're really not that hard. It's it's really not that bad. I mean, have you ever had those moments that when you think that you have it really bad and then you see someone else's life? And, And because of something that they have done or something that was done to them, their life is in chaos and it's in disarray. And suddenly you realize that you really don't have it as bad as you thought you did. And that you really need to be thankful for where you're at in your life. Because see, if we're not careful, we can see these incidents. And men, again, our world is beginning to spin a little bit crazy. It's beginning to get a little bit cray-cray what's going on around us, right? But you know what? We can rest assured in the fact that our God is still a God that is in control. God still knows the final outcome. And these things, the Bible says, are going to happen as we approach the end times. So all these things are happening. But honestly, if you step back and think about it, there are a lot more good things that are happening in our world than bad things. The fact that, man, you were able to get to church today, the fact that the air conditioning is working here, the fact that your seat's a little padded since Pastor Richie's going to preach for an hour and a half today, that, man, you're going to be able to rest confidently as we sit there and preach the Word of God. All these wonderful things that are showing up in our life. Suddenly you realize it's not as bad as you thought. And so in Ecclesiastes 11... Solomon is showing us the various signs of life. And just so you know, you find signs of life throughout the Word of God. Every time you get into the Word of God, they they help you to understand how we are to walk as a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, everything that the Word of God is telling you to do, that that seed is already in you. When, when When the Word of God tells us to walk in peace, it's because the seed of peace Some of you, you've you've been growing in it for so long, the fruit of peace is in you, but always the seed of peace is in our lives. When the Word of God is telling you and I to be forgiving, it's because the seed of forgiveness is already in us. Because you've been forgiven, you can forgive anyone. 
Pastor Rich, you don't know what they've done to me. Compare what they've done to you, what you've done to God, and then you'll begin to understand how easy it is to forgive other people. So it's in the middle of all these signs, again, they're in the word of God, that Solomon is giving us practical, everyday principles of how to live our life. Again, he uses metaphors and word pictures and, again, abstract thinking, helping us understand this. And then he slips this verse 5 in that I want to look at today. And he says this, As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Now, Solomon is not saying that we can't know God. What he's saying is that we can't understand all about God. That's why in the middle of the the life experiences that we're going through, God knows what it is that we need in our lives, so he allows some circumstances to come around to get those things into our life. But because we don't understand, we begin to think that he doesn't understand. It's the same way your kids do when they're younger. When they want to go spend the night at the friend that you're not real comfortable with that home life, so because you want to protect them and watch over them as a parent, you say, no, you're not going to be able to go over there. And they're like, mom and dad, please, what's wrong? So, so we know that, 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 that there's some things about God that we don't understand. In the midst of this wisdom and how to make life work, he says this, oh, by the way, you really don't understand all the works of God. He's the maker of all things, but we can't fully understand him. It's like trying to understand the path of the wind or how a body is formed. And what Solomon is taking us to is this place where this is the real tension of practical everyday life. It's where all of us are try- who are trying to live out this faith journey as followers of Jesus Christ, oftentimes we feel very spiritually bipolar. We do. We're, we're like, God, it's all you. Wait, no, maybe it's some me. God, it's you. It's all me. And so... Because there's this part that says, well, God is God and he is in charge of everything. And we know that he's a good God and that he's in control. And while that's part of our language and while it's a part of our faith walk, we still set our alarm at night so that we can get up in the morning. If you are the person that you are waiting for God to wake you up in the morning, how often are you late to work? Probably quite often, right? We, we set our alarm. We go to work. And, and we, we, we work well at work so that we can keep that job, right? We, we, we make sure that certain things happen. We do certain things so that we make sure that certain things happen. And we know that God is in control, but we get pretty nervous when things get out of our control. Anybody here today want to admit that you might be just a little bit of a control freak about some things with your kids, with your marriage? And, and we know that we can't understand all the mysteries of God, and life just sort of seems to happen, and yet, at the same time, we're trying to figure out how to make life happen. Do you ever feel torn about how you're supposed to live your life? See, there's this test that the people from Gallup do. Gallup are the pollsters, and they, they do this test called strength finders, and there's two strengths that I, I think really express this the best. One is called activator. Now, activator sounds like a transformer, like a robot superhero, right? That you activator. And and it's kind of obvious what an activator does. They activate. You know, activators are ones that take initiative. Some of you know activators. They're proactive. They move. In fact, if you stand there long enough, they'll move you. And and they don't wait for permission to do anything. They just do it. They're like the Energizer bunny and they're the activators of life. And even though they tend to be a little bit impatient, they actually see that as a good thing. They think being impatient is a virtue. 
Now there's this, this other one called connectedness. And the person with connectedness sees the world as organically interconnected. That even though God is moving, we're all just connected with this cosmic energy. And our role is just to get into the ebb and the flow. So you never strive, you just be. You don't really try, you just, you just be. You're not supposed to make something happen. You find out what's happening and assume that God is doing it. You're just kind of like a leaf being blown here and there wherever the wind is taking you. And, and there are people who live life like that. Their whole philosophy of life is if God wills. And, and I know that that sounds like a real declaration of faith, if God wills, but that really isn't what they mean. What, what that really means to them is, hey, why are you so stressed out? As activators are running around, they're going, man, chill, just be. If it's happening, it'll happen. And the activators are still busy, and they're just, hey, just chill, relax. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. If he doesn't, it's not going to happen. Activator connectedness. And I understand this, as I think probably most of you do, because depending on where I happen to be in life, I can be an activator or I can be walking in connectedness. They don't seem to show up together, and it seems like one eliminates the other for me. And, and I think this happens inside of all of us at some point, and Solomon is dealing with this cosmic complexity, that God is the creator of the universe. Do you ever just stop just to think about that for a moment? Creator of the universe. Some of you have gone on vacation this summer to some beautiful spa spots and, and spaces and places, and, and you, that's the word I'm looking for, places, not spaces. You, unless you took a trip to the moon, that would have been awesome. But God has made these beautiful places, but have you ever just stopped and looked at the mountains or looked at a beach or looked at Disney World and just been, God spoke all of this into existence? If He didn't actually speak the rides and the roller coasters at Disney World, He spoke the material that they could make those things into existence. So God's the creator of the universe, maker of all things, and we can't fully understand all of his mysterious ways. I'm telling you, when we begin to understand that, you know what, it helps us rest through the storms of life. It helps us rest when, God, I don't get this, I don't understand this, but God, what I do know is that you're a good God who loves to do good things in the lives of your children, and I know that I'm qualified to receive all the inheritance and blessing, not because I've done right this week, but because of who I am in Christ Jesus. So we find ourselves in the midst of this activity of life where sometimes it appears like it's the activity of God and other times it seems like it's our own activity. And yet somehow in the midst of either activator or connectedness, life just seems to work. We get up in the morning, the sun still rises, we still have jobs. And it seems that the real question for us is, is God the one making all of this happen or are we the ones that are making it happen? And the answer is so obvious, yes, it's both of us. You see, what we know is this, that the part that is mysterious, and again, God should be mysterious. He, he should be. We, we shouldn't, if we, if we ever ask God, God, would you download into my mind all that you are, there would be one flash of light and we would be no more, right? God should be mysterious. After all, he's God. Just, just wrap your mind around that for just a second. God is bigger than our brains. God is bigger than what we think. That's why he never asks us what we think. God is bigger than our imagination. God is bigger than our belief. 
God is bigger than our faith. So of course the ways of God will be a mystery. But listen, that doesn't mean that we should drift aimlessly through life. Oblivious to the signs that our lives are producing. Because when the signs that are being produced in our life, when the fruit that is being produced in our lives are things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when we see the blessings and the favor of the Lord on us and overtaking us, we need to recognize that we must be on the right path. That the, that the stream of the word of God, if you will, the way his word flows, man, we are just flowing along with it. Life is just working. We're on the right path. Therefore, we want to continue to walk down this path that is producing life. But when we see things that are absent from our life, love's not there, joy's not there, peace isn't there, rest isn't there. We're anxious, we're worried, and we're fearful. We need to rethink or recalibrate our lives. We need to start doing some things and stop doing some things. Because when we're walking against the flow of God's current, life is hard. Can I tell you, life can be easy even in the midst of difficult times? (laughs) Some of you don't believe that. Life can be easy even in the midst of difficult times. How does that happen, Pastor Richie? Because I'm resting in God. I'm trusting in God. I'm not relying on my own ability to figure it out, to understand all what he's taking me through right now. I'm resting in the goodness of God. See, sometimes I just have to adjust my attitude. My attitude determines my altitude. When I begin to adjust some things in me that are not quite right, suddenly I'm amazed at newer dimensions, peace and joy. Like my story earlier, again, that lady could have ruined my day if I'd allowed her to. But I began to adjust my attitude and declare, God, you're a good God. I got into anxiousness. Actually, I got into anger. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Richie made an adjustment, and began to let the love of Jesus Christ fill my heart and life. See, that's what begins to produce in our lives the signs of life. Wouldn't it be awesome if we weren't fearful, anxious, worried, concerned, depressed, oppressed, heavy anymore? Six, seven. (laughs) Some of you aren't sure yet. I'm telling you, it would be amazing. That's what Christ has made available to us. So when we begin to see these wrong signs of life, we go back and adjust to walk in the abundant life that God has for us. So, of course, the ways of God are going to be a mystery because that's the way that it's supposed to be. It really is. It really comes back to trust. Trust really isn't trust when you fully understand. Trust is trust when you don't understand, but you make a choice to trust. And God is trustworthy. God designed you to live in such a way that part of your destiny is dependent upon you. You have a part in your destiny. Now, I'm not saying that you have a part to save you. I'm not saying that you have a part to to let the blessing of God come upon you. But when you begin flowing and walking with God and begin maturing in God, part of your destiny is connected to you. And so God has given us his word. And in his word, we find the principles of life, how to discover, to make life work. You want to know how to make life work? Get into the word of God. You want to know how to make your marriage work? Get into the word of God. You want to understand financial principles? Get into the word of God. You want to understand how to be healed? Get into the word of God. Get into the word of God and let the word of God get into you. It's living life in alignment with God's word that causes the mystery of God to show up in our everyday lives. That's why discipleship is so important. 
This, this thing that we're about ready to start is not because we needed something else to do or thought you needed something else to do. We just think discipleship is incredibly important. And man, while we've been excited about a lot of people over the last several years that have given their life to Christ, we're not just interested in converts, we're interested in disciples. Because listen to this, all disciples are converts, but not every convert is a disciple. See, a disciple is someone who is aware that God has provided the path of life for them, but they take responsibility to follow the path that God has provided for them. They realize that God has provided for them an abundant life, so when they don't like the fruit, the behavior, the signs that their life is producing, because first of all, they know that God is a good God who loves to do good things in the lives of his children. Second of all, because they know who they are in Christ Jesus, they go back to the word so that they can adjust or understand how it is that God wants them to walk out their life. If you don't believe that God is good, you'll never trust his word. But when you know that you know that you know, God, I don't understand that, but God, I'm going to walk in you because in him is life and life forevermore. Man, we're faced with a choice all the time. It's, it's that revelation of, man, is this all God or is this all me? Listen, it's both. God has already provided an amazing inheritance for every one of his children. You and I walking in it is dependent upon us being obedient to walk in all that God has for us. Again, I want to say I'm not talking about making heaven or not making heaven today. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, again, you can, you can live a damaged life, a life where you're just barely getting by and still make heaven. I'm talking about walking in the abundant life that God has for you here and now. We've got to believe and we've got to receive. So what's our next steps? Here's something that I want to really encourage you to do, and that's sign up for the, the um, growth path, the growth track. Sorry, I'm, I keep wanting to call it the base path. Um, I want you to sign up for the growth track. I want to encourage you to do that because, again, you're going to walk through some things that God is going to do, uh, bring some fresh revelation to you about what it really means to be a follower of Christ, for you to discover your purpose and for you to begin to make a difference. There's some other things that God has really laid in my heart today about next steps, and so I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you would, because there's a few things that I, I want to pray over. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.